Welcome to Faithful Echoes, the sermon podcast from St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. New episodes are available every Monday featuring the Collect of the Day, Scripture readings, and Father Joel Huffstetler's insightful sermon from the previous Sunday. Perfect for catching up on missed sermons or revisiting favorites, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and our website at www.stlukescleveland.org backslash podcast. Subscribe now for spiritual reflections that fit seamlessly into your week. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from their countries and will bring them into their own lands. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses. And in all the inhabited parts of the land, I will feed them with good pasture. And the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged. I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set them with one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be the prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 95, 1 through 7a, found on page 724 of the Book of Common Prayer. We will read responsively by half verse. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. And a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth. And the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, 
and the sheep of his hand. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left then the king will say to those at his right hand come you that are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry? and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked, and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick, or in prison, and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You who are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the current liturgical year. Next Sunday, December 3rd, will be the first Sunday of Advent and the beginning of a new liturgical year. In a sermon for Christ the King Sunday, Fleming Rutledge observes, there is no other day in the Christian calendar quite like this one. On this last Sunday of the liturgical year, we look both backward and forward. It's a thought-provoking observation. No other Sunday in the year is quite like this one. Christ the King Sunday connotes looking back over an entire liturgical year. And it also indicates just next week will be a brand new church year, a brand new season of Advent. One of the great philosophers and theologians in the Western tradition is Soren Kierkegaard, Danish philosopher and theologian. Kierkegaard once said this, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. So very thought-provoking observation. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. And in reality, past, present, and future are always interacting and informing each other. We are shaped by our past. We anticipate the future. In both of those things, it's important not to lose sight of the gift of the present. But with an emphasis on the importance of the past, William Faulkner observed in a novel, the past is never dead. It's not even past. It's a profound truth in that. The past is never dead. It's not even past. The past is always informing who and what we are. But with an emphasis on the future, Abraham Lincoln observed, I may advance slowly, but I don't walk backward. Great, profound truth in that. I may advance slowly, but I don't walk backward. And so the past has shaped us into who we are. 
the gift of the present is now in our hands. The people we become is up to us and the choices we make. And of course, those choices are meant to be informed by and guided by the Spirit of Christ. My father lived to a very mature age and just died nearly two years ago now. My mother, last December 29th, moved from our hometown in North Carolina to be here in Cleveland in assisted living. And so the honor and the privilege of sorting through 60 years of family documents and family history has fallen to me. I do want to be clear, it is an honor to be the trustee of that kind of family history. On the other hand, I think the boxes are multiplying. <laughs> Every time I get through a box, there seem to be more boxes. But as I sort through 60 years of family history, I'm realizing, on the one hand, the past has shaped who I am, family, those formative years, the local culture where I was raised, have all contributed to the person that I am. But what's left to be determined is the person I can yet become. And I am not limited by the past. The past informs and shapes who I am at this moment. But moving forward into the future, the choices are ours. How do we continue to turn to Christ so that we become more and more the person we are destined to be? So if we can borrow from Abraham Lincoln's insight, we all may advance slowly, but none of us are meant to walk backward. We are called into the future by Christ to be the person his spirit means for us to be. And so in another sermon on Christ the King Sunday, focusing on today's gospel lesson, another great preacher, Fred Craddock, observes, the Bible conveys the unwavering conviction that history and human life have direction and purpose. Life and history are not according to chance or caprice or accident. Neither is life a cycle of repetition or an endless return of the same old thing. And then Craddock goes on to make the point. History has an alpha and an omega, a beginning and an end. Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. A symbol to make the point. Christians believe that life is moving, time is moving toward its fulfillment. There is meaning and purpose in history. But there will come a time when history as we know it ends and the kingdom of God in its fullness will come. And today's lesson from Matthew is Jesus' picture of what that final day will look like. And these words from Jesus are meant to be haunting 
They're meant to stay with us because of the profundity of the picture's meaning. History is moving toward its fulfillment, and we have a role in the kingdom of God reaching its ultimate fulfillment. Back to her sermon on Christ the King Sunday, Fleming Rutledge further observes, the impression burned into our hearts. I love that imagery. The impression burned into our hearts today by the passage from Matthew is this, on that climactic and final day, we will be there. And in her text, the words, we will be there, are italicized. When we read this gospel lesson about the last judgment, if we really hear it, we're reminded that we will be there. And thus the passage is meant to be haunting. It's meant to really impress us and to stick with us. And so today we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. We do look back on an entire liturgical year that is past and forward to a brand new season of Advent and then Christmas and then a new calendar year. It's a great gift to be able to look forward. At the same time, at a deeper level, we are reminded ultimately of our mortality. I did some basic math this past week. I have now lived exactly half of my life in the state of Tennessee. Between seminary at Sewanee, eight and a half years in Chattanooga at St. Paul's, and now 20 plus years here at St. Luke's. Fully half of my life has been lived in Tennessee, but I'm not from here. I'm from Gaston County, North Carolina, which is, uh, used to be a textile community outside of Charlotte. In Gaston County, my home county, there's a small textile village called McCaddenville. McCaddenville's a tiny little village, but it was in the vanguard decades ago of decorating for Christmas. Now you can find major Christmas scenes a lot of places. But McCaddenville's one of the early towns in America that went all out at Christmas time. It was sponsored by the mill. It was a way for the mill to show appreciation to the workers and to the local community. And McCaddenville still says its name of itself, Christmas Town USA, which is a great little moniker, isn't it? Christmas Town USA. McCaddenville still decorates everything standing still with lights for Christmas. I had that memory this past week in preparing the sermon uh, because of this. I think it's from those lights that I learned to love Christmas so much. I used to love to go to see the lights in McCaddenville, and I still do. I go around looking at lights every year as Advent builds toward Christmas. As Christmas approaches each year, I find the joy that a child can have at Christmas time. We're never too old to go back to that sense of childhood joy 
and trust. As a pastor, though, I'm aware that the holidays can also be, for many people, the most difficult time of year. And so we have to find the balance of joy and compassion as Advent and Christmas approach. I still get very joyful as Christmas approaches. I'm joyful now as the lights begin to appear in our own community. And yet, in advancing middle age, I realize uh, I'm one year older than I was this time last year. And in January, when the lights start to disappear, I'm going to be thinking to myself, A, it's too early to put up the lights. Why don't we leave the lights burning a little longer? But at a different level, I'll be thinking, another Christmas passed. And yet, I'll be thinking this, and we talked about this in last week's sermon as well. Aging is a privilege. As long as we have the gift of life, that time itself is a grace. Time itself is a gift from God. And while we're aware that we are aging, the aging process itself gives us time to continue to become the person, the Spirit of Christ intends for us to be. It's a lastingly important insight from Soren Kierkegaard. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. As people of faith, we are meant to embrace the possibilities that the future holds. Possibilities that come to us from the Spirit of Christ, the love of God. So Thanksgiving Day has given way now to Christ the King Sunday and ultimately to Advent now in just a week. It's time for us to start turning our attention to various outreach ministries. It's just a part of what Christians do at this time of year to think about the needs of others, and how can we show the love of Christ uh, to others in our community? I had a new experience this year. I've never been invited to ring the bell for the Salvation Army until this year, and I accepted the invitation um, gladly, was glad to be asked, and for two hours a couple of weeks ago, I was standing outside Hobby Lobby <laughs> ringing the bell. It went pretty well, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think the collar helped. Uh, like, oh, that's a priest. I'm fine, fine, fine. A couple of I really do think it helped. Um, uh, a couple of people said, because this was two weeks before Thanksgiving, isn't it a little early for you fellas? Uh, and it, it is a little early at one level. But at another level, it's not. It's time already to be thinking about outreach as we go into another Christmas season. I'm telling you that story to tell you this. I really had never done it before. And I was so heartened by how generous people were. I saw this community at its best. No community is perfect. But Cleveland, Tennessee on the whole is a generous community. 
And I saw people from all walks of life seeing what that kettle represented, what that sound of the bell represents. Didn't matter who was ringing it. It was so wonderful to see so many people thinking instantly about generosity and about sharing. That is the true meaning of the Christmas season. God sharing the gift of himself and the coming of Jesus. And then we sharing that love with others. It was wonderful to see the community being generous, thinking instinctively in terms of compassion. It's perfectly in line with today's gospel lesson. There is that moment in today's passage when Jesus says, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Jesus speaking on behalf of God the Father. As you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. In her sermon on Christ the King Sunday, Fleming Rutledge reminds us, Christian giving does not glorify the giver, it glorifies Christ. <coughs> so I conclude with this. In a sermon on Christ the King Sunday, commenting specifically again on today's gospel passage, one of our great preachers, Fred Craddock, writes this. What could be more religious, Matthew says, in framing today's gospel lesson, than attending to those who need care? And I end on that very straightforward note. On Christ the King Sunday, when we give thanks for the year past and start to move forward into a brand new, never-before-experienced season of Advent, and then Christmas. As we think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, at the most basic level, what it means is to look around us, to see whatever needs are there, and then respond to those needs as generously and as compassionately as we can. I'll end with the words of Jesus in today's gospel lesson. Excuse me. <coughs> then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Amen.